My name is Dawson Hunt, and I am uh, the assistant pastor here at the church, and it's my uh, privilege to bring the word to you this morning. You know, I'm slotted to preach for uh, seven different times over the course of the next few months. So as I thought about that, I talked to Chuck, uh, we're going to be walking through the I Am statements of John. So we're going to start this morning, if you have a Bible, the text is printed in your bulletin as well. We're going to be looking at John chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. Now, uh, whenever we look at a bo- uh, as passage of Scripture, we have to understand first where we are in the Bible. So we know this is the Gospel of John. John was one of t- uh, Jesus' 12 disciples, and this is the purpose of his book, is to show that eternal life comes through faith in the Son of God. Right? We have four Gospels, four different authors that tell similar accounts one account of Jesus' life in different ways with different intents. So we have to understand what John is trying to get at here. And he's trying to prove con- conclusively that Jesus is the Son of God, that all who believe in this man that has come as the Messiah will have eternal life. So the surrounding context of our passage, we're not in John 1 today, we're in John chapter 6. So earlier in chapter 6, Uh, Many of you have heard this story, but a a large crowd are following Jesus, and they were getting hungry. So what does Jesus do? His disciples start uh, disputing, how are we going to feed all these people? And Jesus said, find this, see this boy right here. He has two fish and five loaves. Let's feed these 5,000 people. So this story that we are in today is right on the heels of Jesus feeding the 5,000. It is, it, 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 and th- we get to see in this text today that, that Jesus is not just here to feed the bellies of the people. That it's not, he's not just coming to perform miracles and heal the sick, but he's coming for another purpose, and that's what he's addressing in our text today. So we're going to be looking at John chapter 6. If you have your a physical Bible with you, John chapter 6, 24 through 35, as I mentioned, it's also in the bulletin as well. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father, we are forever grateful that you sent your own son to come, that we get to 
hear the recounts of his life and his teaching, that we may have life in him. Father, we pray as we open this text together that you would be here present and moving in spirit, that you would um, be in our hearts, that we would be edified, that we would be made more Christ-like during this time. Father, we thank you for your word, for this great provision that you have given us to know you and ourselves better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So there's a book, that the book's entitled Happiness, Unlocking the Mysteries of Psychological Wealth. There's two authors that claim that, that, that happiness or true joy in this life does not come from the things that we so often seek. These two authors are not Christians. One is a psychology professor and the other is a psychologist and lecturer. This is what their research shows. Though money helps people lead more comfortable lives, it doesn't necessarily contribute to the moments in life that bring happiness. When you look at the entire world, money does matter. But it almost doesn't matter at all for enjoying life. So what are these, these secular psychologists getting at? What are they seeing in, their, in the common grace that the Lord has shared with them? That fulfillment in life never comes through the material. It never comes through the things that we so often seek for enjoyment, for fulfillment. And if you're like me, we often turn to these things, right? We turn to these things in the world for nourishment, for satisfaction. While we really neglect our spiritual need, we look to the physical to satisfy us where we're really in need spiritually. We find this satisfaction and a temporary fix of material relief, food, money, sex, accolade, recognition. Why do we do this? Many of you will have heard this famous C.S. Lewis quote. This is what he says. It would seem that our Lord finds their desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. I've heard this quote probably 50 times. Every time I read it, I'm like, man, that is still me, right? That, that is so often I, I turn to the things that I should not turn to because they satisfy for just a little while. We seek satisfaction in fleeting things instead of in Jesus himself. And this, this passage in John that we're looking at today it shows us Jesus himself speaking to this issue. And the, and the main theme that we're looking at today is that it is Jesus alone who truly satisfies our deepest need. It is Jesus alone who truly satisfies our deepest need. And we'll look at this in two ways. First is temporary nourishment. He shows that, yes, we do need temporary nourishment. But often this is our main focus. Temporary nourishment is the first part. Second is everlasting nourishment what Jesus provides. So first, temporary nourishment. Look with me at verse 26. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. So Jesus begins right from the top saying, I, I, I'm going to reveal your true motive for coming to me, that you're not coming for what I really have to offer. 
you have to remember, this is coming right off the heels of Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? That he took two fish, five loaves of bread, and, and, and fed 5,000 people. At the end of that um, account, of that miracle, in John 6, earlier before our text, it says this, John six fifteen, Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So this time, we have to think about the context of where the people of God are, right? The Jews are under the control of the Romans. And, and they had an expectation, the Jews had an expectation that there's going to be a Messiah coming one day. In, in the line of David, the heir of David is coming. And their expectation was one that, that it would be a king that would conquer their enemies, that would physically rule over them, and they would be out of oppression, that this would not be the case for their country anymore, that they were looking primarily for relief from the oppression they were under. They wanted a king for themselves. They didn't want to be under the king of the Romans. They were so concerned with their physical well-being, that's all they could focus on. And they had a hint that Jesus was this Messiah. So what do they do? They want to make him king. They say, you need to be our king. Take this pressure away from us. Bring temporary nourishment. Bring temporary relief. Forget what eternity holds. I need help now. In, the fi- in feeding the 5,000, the people saw the miraculous sign, but they did not see what the sign was truly signifying. He's essentially saying here, you see what I've done. You want relief, but you don't want me. That's what Jesus is saying. You don't want me. You just want the relief that I provide. And he filled the bellies of the people. He healed the sick. But so often, people miss the true sign of Jesus as the true nourishment that they needed. They wanted to be healed. They wanted their bellies to be full. But they did not want him. Jesus was there, and they missed him. And it's easy for us, right, in the West... 2,000 years later saying, oh, I wouldn't have missed Jesus. But if we really look at the text, we miss him in the same way all the time. Like we, we, we should see ourselves in the fault here. We want something else for Jesus often. Verse 27, it says this, Do not work for the food that perishes, but the f- for the food that e- endures to eternal life. So Jesus is beginning to show the people that there are, there are two realities here, Right? that there are um, two types of bread. There's the material, and then there's the spiritual. While physical bread is needed, and it's actually not bad at all. It's a good thing. That's how God created us. And in Genesis 1 and 2, like th- th- it's present, right? People are eating, and, and, and we will see that in the new heavens and the ner- new earth. We will feast. Physical nourishment is a good thing. But it shouldn't be what we put our main efforts towards. It shouldn't be what consumes our minds and our hearts. So Jesus here is rebuking the people for making the kingdom of God all about physical nourishment. They are desiring a miracle-working God who can fill their stomachs, bring temporary relief, like a genie in a bottle, right? They can just call upon when they need help. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. This is not why I came. I'm not here to fill your bodies physically, but I am here to fill your whole souls. They expected a king that would bring temporary physical 
nourishment and relief. Think about it. I had a, a seminary professor explain the ex- messianic expectation this way. It was like a straight line. They expected this, this messianic figure that was going to come. He was going to bring relief. He would rule over the Jews. And Jesus shows them, no, I'm going lower than that. I'm going to lay my life down. I'm coming to serve that you may live. But at the same time, he goes higher, right? We didn't expect the Son of God to come. We expected a king, not one that would come and save us from our sins. So they missed what he was offering. They wanted a king at their expectations here. And we do the same thing often, right? That Christ offers us true and complete love, care, acceptance. And if you are in him, you are completely loved, completely cared for, completely accepted, highly esteemed. So if this is true, why do we so quickly search for these same things in our spouses, in our friends, in our work? We look for love as if we are not loved. We look for esteem as if we are not already highly esteemed in God's eyes. We look for acceptance as if we are not already perfectly accepted because the righteousness of Christ that is given to us. In Christ, we have all these things, yet we often neglect these truths. So in verse 30, it goes on. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So this is a little bit comical, right? Like, he just fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread, and they're asking for another miracle. Prove to yourself that you're better than Moses, that you're better than David. And all of this, this talk of bread, I'm sure, is bringing to the forefront of the Jewish mind the people wandering in the wilderness, right? In Exodus in Exodus 16, that, that, that they ate manna for 40 years. We have to remember here that God provided manna through Moses six days a week for 40 years. That's a long time. He said, okay, Jesus, you fed 5,000 people one day, but our God, he did this for 40 years straight. Show us that you're better than Moses. Prove to us that you are better than our forefathers. They didn't want just one fill of bread. They wanted a continual supply, a forever moving away from, a, a, a relief from this oppression they were under. But for Jesus to comply with their wishes would be for him to affirm their desire for this king that they wanted. It would say, yes, I am here to bring physical nourishment, to bring relief from the oppression that you have felt for generations. Truly, these people are looking to Jesus as a means to an end. They're following him to get their bellies full, their needs met, their desires satisfied, not to get their souls saved. Jesus' main purpose was not to fulfill their needs physically. This is what he's showing us here in the first part of this passage. He did not come as a, a miracle worker just to feed the bellies of the people. 
and the miracle workers, yes, to showcase his power, that he was the Son of God, but that was not the end of his goal. So second point, everlasting nourishment. What did Jesus come then to bring? If it wasn't physical nourishment, what was it? Look with me at verse 27 again. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Jesus initially tells the crowd that they should be working not for physical food like we just looked at but food that endures to eternal life. And here it shows us in in verse 28 and 29 that the eternal food is Jesus himself, that our efforts should be put towards him. Our main concern should be put towards him. Because this is the truth. If if you're like me, the things that we look at outside of the Lord Even physical things, you think about even a meal, right? We're going to eat lunch after church. And you may be hungry now, and you may say, hurry, 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 I need to eat, because I'm hungry now, right? The truth is, you go eat lunch, you're going to be hungry in four or five hours, right? It's it's an ongoing cycle. That's what physical nourishment does. That's how it was designed. Everything else in life, when we seek love, acceptance, care outside of the Lord, those things will will put a Band-Aid on it for a little bit but it will never bring full fulfillment. One commentator said this about this passage. Jesus said, in effect, do not follow me in the hope of more food provided miraculously to meet your physical needs, food that spoils. Like manna provided through Moses, instead work for the food that endures, food that brings eternal life, food that the Son of Man will give to you. The miraculous provision of food on the other side of the lake was meant to point to the food that endures to eternal life. In other words, pursue Jesus. Seek Jesus. That's what he's saying here. He is the bread that you need. After this, in verse 28, they ask a question. What must we do to be doing the works of God? They're essentially saying, tell us what to do to get this eternal bread to get this spiritual bread that you speak of how does jesus respond believe in him whom he has sent how does he believe how does he respond believe we just believe in the one whom he has sent faith in jesus is what god requires take your eyes off of the world of distractions is what he's saying and fix your eyes upon Jesus. When you have faith in Jesus, it means turning away from your sin and turning towards Christ. You enter into a relationship with God where you have a good standing, not by any merit of your own, only through the righteousness of Christ that's given to you. And in this relationship that you have with the Lord, Every human need and hunger is satisfied. Verse 32 says this, Then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life 
to the world. So the Jews come at him, right, and say, how are you better than Moses? Moses fed our people for 40 years, six days at a time. And, and Jesus backs up. He says, wait, what did you say? It was not Moses who fed the people. It was God who fed the people. Yes, Moses was the, 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 the um, mediator at the time. But he was not the one that was sending the food. So what he's saying here is that God the Father sent the food before, and it is the same God the Father that is sending the true bread now. And this true bread is Jesus himself. Physical bread provided life for the people in the wilderness, but they always needed a further supply, like I just said. Each day more bread was needed. But in Jesus, there is an everlasting nourishment and fulfillment that does not come outside of him. No matter where you look, it's only going to come in Christ. Verse 34 and 35 is an interesting response, right? They say, they said, they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. We would all say that. 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Often we are so concerned with our physical well-being that we neglect the spirit, our spiritual well-being. And if you're not a believer in the room or listening, this is an invitation that no matter where you look, there will never be satisfaction outside of Christ. There will never be the nourishment that you need outside of Christ. Jesus responds with, how are we to get this eternal bread? Believe in him whom he has sent. This is what you do to live in Christ. You first believe. You turn from your sin and you believe. You repent. This material bread that we often seek satisfies for a little while, but it always calls back for more, right? There's, it, it's always looking for more. And Jesus, in Jesus, the fulfillment is eternal. When you put your faith in Christ, there is a, a longing that is filled, a heart that is full, a soul that can rest with the Creator for eternity. Okay, so what do we do with this text? There's a lot of content. What do we do with the text? First, if you're a believer, which many in the room are, you have to know this to be true about you, that, that you have the bread of life already that you have eternal nourishment. For you, what does it look like for you to live in light of being eternally nourished? Maybe this is a better question. Why don't we live like we are eternally nourished? I'm asking you and me. If We have everything we need in Christ. Why don't we live that way? We seek acceptance, love, power, control in this worldly life, but you have all of this already. In Christ, you have everything you need in Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall not thirst. We say that we have everything. If you're a Christian, we know how to speak the words, right? We say that we have everything we need in Jesus, but how we act actually tells us that we functionally believe something different. That we functionally believe, oh, I I need a lot of love from the Lord and a little love over here and and a little bit of acceptance over here and a little bit of steam in my work. 
But when we look for those things outside of Jesus, they're always going to let us down. So for you, where, is your, where in your life are you seeking nourishment outside of the Lord? Where are you getting your hearts full for a temporary moment outside of Him? For all of us, if you're a believer or not in the room, this is what I would push us towards, that we would, I would encourage you and me to seek Jesus first before anything else, and only Him, because He is the everlasting nourishment. Isaiah 55 lays it out so perfectly. It says this, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which is not, does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. There is life in Christ that you will not find anywhere else. Let us all turn to him for our everlasting nourishment because it is Jesus alone who satisfies our deepest desire. Let's pray. Father, we so often turn to other things in this life to satisfy our needs, our desires. And Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and convict us of those things, not just today, but each day moving forward, that we would be convicted and we would turn to you. As we have seen just now, that you are the bread of life. You are the one that brings the nourishment that never goes away. Father, it's easy for us here to look at the world around us and be so quickly distracted, pulled away from our relationship with you. And Father, we pray that that would not be the case. We pray that, that you would move in our hearts, that we would be so drawn to you that nothing else looks attractive. Father, we're grateful for another morning where you have called your people together in a physical location here to worship your name. And that each Sunday we get to hear your call to worship, your call for us to confess, and your words spoken upon us. And Father, we pray that these words um, from your scripture would come and apply to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.